Hey, it's Kurt from CMB Realty. I'm sitting here uh, with Mete. Um, what's going on? Hi. Uh, this podcast is for for all the young brokers out there that just got into the business, just started in a couple of years, whether it's big company, small company, uh, rental sales, um, or you're just getting your license. Uh, you know, this is all for the for the young kids just like me i just i'm been in this for two years so we're gonna pick meta's brain he's been in this for over 20 25 years right something like that uh started in rentals became a top producer joined a small uh brokerage firm and then started his own where we're at now cmb realty about 10 years ago so we're gonna you know dive right into a bunch of um mistakes that we make simple mistakes stuff we can improve on stuff we can focus on what we should do what to say when to follow up when not to whether it's call text how to call a foreigner what to do how to close a deal i mean a lot of valuable stuff for people just starting the business so i'm excited to be listening and interviewing at the same time so um i mean let's just briefly a minute you know describe uh uh, CMB, um, why you know what's what we're doing here, why we're different, and then we'll go into the into the real advice. Okay, just one small collection. Kurt said I had worked with a small company. Well, that was a boutique company, Mercedes Burke, very similar to what I'm doing. Great people, very successful. Liz and Noel were very innovative. They were very creative, and I learned a lot from them. Um, just first few things, when you first start out, I mean, picking clients, if you, usually when somebody starts out, they usually have a brother, sister, cousin, somebody that wants to buy. But I have to tell you, those, those relatives or friends are probably the hardest ones to do in the beginning as your first few deals. When you're looking into your own network, trying to get a referral, digging through people, friends, colleagues... Right, family or close friend as a first or second deal or whatever. It's not so easy because you don't really know the market. You're going to make mistakes. And, uh, the, you know, the other side is family. So it can definitely get out of, out of hand. I would say almost avoid it. I mean, as a first or, or few deals until you get your feet wet and you're comfortable then take them on. Uh, but in the beginning, that, that wouldn't be so easy. So what about, I mean, what, when you're trying to get your feet wet, uh, going through uh, cold lists where you're calling, I mean, what's uh, some advice on picking those clients that are coming from the market as you're trying to gain clients independent of your personal network, how to speak to them, how to like sometimes call their bluff or gauge if they're real or not? I mean, what's, how do you do that? Sure. Um, well, first thing, uh, in the beginning, I mean, the best way to empower yourself is knowledge. So do go out and preview. Do go out and look at listings. Try and develop a sense for value. What is selling for how much per square foot in what area? Go look at the new developments. Those, they're usually a little bit higher than the um, market because they're new. Uh, but they give you a very good gauge as to where the market is and also watch the agents on sites, new developments. Some of them are very good. Just watch how they present it. How you, you know, if you go look at 10 new developments, you can see 10 different agents and just watch their demeanor, 
absorb as much as you can. Yeah, absorb as much as you can, but do get as much information about the market as you can. Do see as much as you can and take notes because after a while it'll become one big gray apartment. You won't remember everything, but just get a sense for value. How much per foot, what neighborhood, what are the monthlies? Just try and get that ingrained in your brain. Right, I mean, like, it's, it's so important just staying informed. It seems so basic, but a lot of people, when they start out, they're like, oh, when I have a client, then I'll start looking at the market or I'll start looking, previewing for him. And, I mean, I did the same thing. And now I'm, like, finally realizing, and it takes people a long time to realize, like, you have to know every single, not every single, but several, several listings when you're, you know, cold calling owners in a certain building or trying to get referral to buy something. You got to pretty much know everything on the market in that area and have seen every single one physically, not just, you know, done a, a search online before you even start talking intelligently to a potential client. Also, you'll miss a lot of messages. You meet people in cocktail parties at dinner, so you're in real estate, so you sell real estate. And then next thing you know, they'll throw an address at you, 5 East 22nd, Madison Green. I mean, if you've never been there, if you don't know it, it'll just go over your head and you won't even respond. But he's really testing your knowledge. Maybe he has an apartment there, maybe he's sold there. If you pick up on the address and, oh yeah, I showed there last week, the apartments facing the park are good, but that building is getting old. If you show any type of knowledge, the conversation will flow. But if it goes over above your head, you don't respond, he's not gonna come back to you with 5 East uh, 22 or you know, he's not going to come back to that, and he'll also forget it. Yeah, and it's it's a signal, but you don't even know it's an existing signal because you don't know what to look for. I mean, it happened, our, our agent, he was talking to his friend's brother or brother's friend, and um, he said, you know, I live on Horatio in, in meatpacking in a rental building. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is the West Coast, 95 Horatio, which is like the biggest rental building there. And he ended up the following week because you told him, he went back to him and said, is it that? And now they're speaking. Exactly. Or for me, I just showed today uh, on 20th Street, and the guy said, I live on 19 in Park. And I knew, you know, Union Square Cafe restaurant was there, so we talked about that. But I should have known which is the exact condo building that he lives on at that corner to demonstrate more knowledge. I mean, you have to appear as an expert, and it just comes out. You know, right away, the other side knows if you do know the area. So in the beginning, it's probably best to specialize in an area so that, you know, you can really concentrate and get to know your stuff. You can pick downtown, uptown, whatever works for you, but try and really get to know the buildings there. You should know them by address, you know, how much things are selling for, even recent sales. If he mentions a building and you can tell him 24A just closed, boom, you have a conversation and it can, it can, it can take off from there. But if you don't respond, it's going to die right there. Yeah, I mean, I went to preview a couple uh, apartments at the Chelsea Stratus, and they're renovating all the balconies, and they've got, you know, renovation material on the roof deck, and, and they're reno So if somebody tells me they live there, it's a very relevant point that I can make just because I went to see it. It's Absolutely, like, it's yeah. It's not like I'm, I'm, you know, extremely knowledgeable. It's just that I was there and I was present. Your knowledge just comes out one way or another, and you can't BS your way through. So the more you know, the, the, the better you're going to do, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, 
next step after you know gaining knowledge a lot of people do 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 their research but i mean there's a ton of mistakes that that young people or more experienced people constantly make and can't really get over the hurdle of getting closer to to closing deals i mean what are i guess the main main big big pictures of of uh of the common mistakes I would say biggest is probably verbal diarrhea. I mean, brokers just keep talking, blah, 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 blah. Stop. I mean, what is the purpose of your phone call? What is the purpose of your conversation? If the phone call is to get an appointment and he said, I'll meet you Tuesday at 4, get off the phone. There's no reason for you to say anything else. I mean, j just check yourself and put a muzzle on it. 90% of the times, brokers are just talking too much. I mean, I was showing yesterday, and the broker was telling us the seller did this, the seller did that. It was just totally unnecessary, you know. My buyer didn't need to know that. None of it. They just keep talking to, to appear as working. Or I don't know the reason behind it, but less is more. Don't, definitely... Check yourself with verbal diarrhea. After you're done with any phone conversation or face-to-face -face conversation, just go back in your room, in your space, whatever it is, when it's nice and quiet, and say to yourself, "What? play the tape back in your head. Can you remember what they said? Did you let, gain anything from the conversation or the phone call? Did you get information out of them, or did they get more out of you? Could you have said less? Could, could you have been more effective? Just go in a quiet space, play the tape back. Could you have improved it by 5%, 2%, or 20%? You know, grade yourself. You're constantly trying to improve. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, another one is when to email, text message, or uh, make a phone call. Everybody loves to email or text message. They're just blasting all day long, but half of them are probably not necessary, and at least half of the other half should be phone calls. I mean, there is a difference between a phone call and an email or a text. Let's put the email or the text in the same category, but there are times you have to get on the phone and speak to them. You, you know, uh, and email is just not going to do it. Uh, but you have to be able to differentiate that. Obviously, any offer or uh, any offer has to be done on the phone. You can email it afterwards, but you need to speak to them, seller, buyer, and, you know, present it to them. Don't just say, I got 8.9 million, blah, that's it, all cash. Talk to them. Tell them, talk to them about the offer. Talk, tell them if it's good, bad, your opinion. Feel them out. But you, you, you really have to um, think about this. And a lot of people just sit down and blast an email in two minutes, and they're responding to another email. And if you read those emails later, you're cutting your own foot. You, you really have to think about those. And it's very important when to phone call. And uh, do use the phone. Learn to use the telephone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Timing. I mean, timing is absolutely very important. Sometimes you've given the seller the offer. He's thinking about it. He, he, he didn't get back to you. In most time, cases, you need to leave that seller alone. I mean, 
Give him one or two days. Let him breathe. And uh, we build up all these like ideas, like they have to get back to us as if it was like something simple. And it's like, it's their home. I mean, it's their single biggest asset. They're maybe discussing with their wife, brother. There's so many variables that come into play that we have no idea what they're doing, but they definitely need their space. You have to learn the difference between follow up or being annoying. I mean, give that seller the time. It is a. Uh, fine line one to call one not to call but but chances are you know you're just annoying them at some point try and feel them get a feel for where they are and same with the buyer if the buyer needs to come up another hundred and ten thousand sometimes you have to call them and say you look you got to do this now it's now or never but sometimes depending on how the flow of the deal you need to just give them time so timing is absolutely very important. You, you need to just give them time. I have several deals now pending, and I'm just waiting. I'm not doing anything. The buyer knows where they are. The seller knows where they are. They don't want to budge. That's fine. Let them take over the weekend. And I, in, chances are I won't get back to them until they get back to me. That's the flow of that particular deal. But do try and figure out the flow of the deal and everybody has a pattern. It's almost like a boxer or a wrestler in the ring. A boxer moves in a certain way. And the real good boxer anticipates the other guy's move and connects it with his punch. That's when he knocks him out because he's using his momentum and his own power. So do, do look at the rhythm of the deal, rhythm of the buyer, rhythm of the seller. Some guys call you at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock every time. He's probably a trader, and he calls after everything closes. So don't call him at 9 in the morning. Study the patterns of the people and try and just use their momentum, get into their pattern and use that. Right. Uh, Some might just want to talk for two minutes and be done with it. Some might m love meeting for, for lunch. So you just have to do what what their pattern is yeah and, and lunch is a fine line if they're just wasting your time you have to call that also at some point cut it out but i mean another thing about wasting time some buyers some sellers just lead you on i'm selling i'm selling i'll show you the apartment i can't give you the exclusive yet i didn't speak to my wife he didn't speak to his wife for four months i mean definitely still keep an eye on him but if he didn't speak to his wife for four months and he's going on the market, something is wrong, you know. He's not a priority. Do keep, keep him in check, but don't, you know, uh, some people just um, can't make up their mind. Or a buyer, you've brought them to the property and they love it, they make an offer, and then they always make a lowball offer and they're stuck there. That shows a certain pattern again. With those, you need to move on. You definitely need to move on in this business. And uh, you can keep them in check, but you need to move on. They're not a priority anymore. And you, you brokers say, well, what's the difference? I'll give them a call. There is a difference because if they're in your list, priority list or, or, the, or your hit list, they're occupying a part of your brain. They need to the, go to the back of your brain, and you need to check with them two months, one month, not every day. They, they, get them out of your head and move on 
clear your head and look for the new deals. And there are a lot of foreigners, a foreigner, you know, even if they don't live in New York, they live in Italy, California, you speak to them and then you, you also speak Italian. This happened to a good friend of mine, Christian, he had just started in the business. He had an Italian client, they, of course they're speaking in Italian. And you know, they spoke four or five times. I didn't have to speak Italian to call, it was all BS. So I said, what's going on? He says, look, this guy is good. He says, get me a good deal and I'll get on a plane and uh, come. I said, great. Here's a great deal. Send it to him. It was a great deal. We called him. We never heard from him again. It's been six years. Do you think he's coming? So Probably not. Right. Um, again, yeah. at some point, just call it off and uh, move on. Yeah. Um. So, similar topic, but what are uh, what are some some ideas or or methods that you deal with the uh, I guess the real estate uh, agency brokerage lifestyle in planning your day, your life. I mean, it's not, obviously not a nine to five salary gig. Like, what do you do in the mornings? What should people do in in trying to understand, plan, and just map out their their daily routines, weekly, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, filling your day. First, figure out what works for you. Some people are very good 5 a.m. in the morning. The, I mean, we all, our minds all work different. Some, some minds work early in the morning, some are late afternoon, some are after 6, 7 p.m. So whatever works for you, but whatever creative work you're doing, do that when it works, suits you the best. Some of it will call its own, meaning uh, if you have to call people, it's, it's got to be during business hours. Those have to be done during those hours. And if it's called calling offices, again, it has to be during business hours. But to fill your day, just try and figure out what works for you, uh, how your metabolism works, and uh, work it around that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like... Probably one of the target audiences, and when I've been kind of developing my own schedule in the past couple of years, and now I've I've realized that you know there's a lot of time wasted when I come in in the mornings, and there's now more uh, calling lists and planning and people that I like reaching out to more in the afternoon, let's say between like three and six. So I start to realize that the cycle is I should probably start later. In my particular case. Yes, uh, but then to call people, you have to have the phone numbers ready. If you're calling between 3 to 6, get the numbers ready in the morning or do that after 6 because you do need to have the lists. Right. Don't wait until 3 and then start researching. Then it's 8 p.m. And then right, you, then you missed call. your whole window. Exactly. Yeah. Or Which has happened to me a lot. Right. Don't do that. Or, the, or some days, you, you know, sometimes you're in a rut, nothing is working. You don't feel like it. Go out for a walk. Don't sit there and bang your head against the wall. Go out for a walk or, or the, go, go to the gym for a half hour, 40 minutes. But do come back and make another effort. But get out of the rut. Don't just sit there playing video games. That's just, I mean, you're at work, you might as well try and work. That's just a total waste of time. Try and yeah. reach people, try and get things done. So, I mean, I guess kind of on that note of, you know, calling people uh, on the topic of new business, you know, and we're always trying to like come up with clever ways of how to pitch, how to call, 
different letters in direct mailing. Um, you know, what, what can you tell us about, <clears throat> about that? I mean, cold calling is still the alphabet of, of this business. It works like a charm. You can target a building and then, you, you know, get to know everybody in the building. Make the lists. Try and speak to the owners. Call them. And it should be a building you're familiar with. If you have a, if you, if your parents own an apartment at 60 West 15th Street, you're familiar with the building. That's going to be easy for you to call because you'll, your parents have a three bedroom, two bedroom, whatever. You know the layouts. So start with buildings you're familiar with. Don't call some building on Upper West Side, West 96th Street, you've never been to. The, the minute some seller gets on the phone, you're dead as a doornail. You have no idea what you're talking about. You should be familiar with the buildings. And the buildings you've targeted, go to the open houses, check them out, become very familiar with them. Because no matter what, seller is going to know more than you. So call them. Verify the phone numbers. It's not going to happen fast, but if you keep doing it, you will get deals. And uh, the, the people you can't reach, send mail. Verify the addresses. Some of them you'll never reach, LLCs, this and that, but some you will. Um, so that's definitely one way of creating new business. Obviously, mailing, uh, you know, to verify the addresses or whatever information you pass on to them. Some people are very good with referrals, if, if you're getting referrals, but you really don't need to do a lot of work for the referral. If somebody's going to refer you, a client, they will, yes and no, but do, if, you, if you're getting a lot of referrals, do meet with the people who are giving you the referrals, go to lunch with them, do socialize with them, so you'll continue to get them. So that's definitely another way of doing it. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think those are the ways to, to try and get new business. And obviously, you want to get out exclusives. That's, that's the key to the business, the exclusive the listings. Yeah. So, I mean, just to kind of wrap up here, um, some closing thoughts from you on, like, just in terms of, like, the industry in general and how to, I guess, motivate yourself to, to do uh, this type of work day in and day out, sometimes get absolutely no results, sometimes get a lot, sometimes get a little... Um, how do you stay uh, Before we go there, I just want to speak a few minutes about negotiations. Okay. I mean, negotiation doesn't mean haggling someone to death, nickeling, diming them to death. No. There are times where, where you'll get a tough customer. You do need to haggle them to death or not call them back for a few days until they come to their senses. Uh, but... I mean, you're negotiating a lot of times with other brokers. Be nice to them. I mean, you can be firm and negotiate, but do make the other broker's side life easier. I mean, if you're trying to do an $8,000, $20,000 rental, if the broker senses that you're going to do a good board package and everything is organized, they'll be more inclined to give you the deal. And do tell them the truth. Do, I mean, the easier you make their life, the, the more of a chance of you getting the deal. Um, so, yeah. you know, negotiation doesn't mean just nickel and dime them to death and find out what works for them. Or the opposite, right? If it's your client and 
you're just saying yes, 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 and yesing them to death, then... That's not going to work. Also, sometimes, you, you know, the seller wants to... Um, the, the seller wants to stay there another four months, and because the, his kids are going to school, he wants to wait for June for delivery, and the buyers are foreigners, so the buyers, it's, it's a pied de terre. It's not going to... Um, it doesn't matter for him. So, I mean, you can use that point. It really doesn't matter to you, but you can give the seller the four months. You can negotiate around it a little bit to get something else, but, you know, it's a, uh, yeah. it can be a great point for you, but sometimes people haggle for the buyer who doesn't need it for the next four months. I mean, try and see what your real needs are and try and see what the real points are instead of just, you know fighting all along the way right right which happens a lot for no reason yeah definitely um as far as motivation i mean what are you trying to do you're trying to sell an apartment and you're trying to make a 40 50 100 300 commission with the sale so this is not easy i mean a lot of people have to work <coughs> One full year to get the hundred grand. You're trying to do it with a phone call and a few showings, in essence. Not really. There's a lot of work behind it. <coughs> but in essence, that's what you In terms you're, of that, time and. That's what it looks salary. like, yeah. So, write in capital letters $125,000 commission, whatever the target is, <coughs> and put it right in front of the wall that you look at. So every time you don't want to call somebody or you want to call somebody, look at the 125 grand and call him. You can go on vacation after the closing. It's a great lifestyle if you're making a few bucks. You don't have a boss, so use those numbers to motivate yourself, and they are within your reach. Yeah, I'm going to try that tomorrow. Yeah. And add I, some zeros. Yeah, even better. It's totally within your lease. Sell at 432. Those are the zeros. Yeah. Well, anybody uh, listening, hope there are a lot of young aspiring brokers listening. Please call us, uh, text, email, whatever. Ask us questions or ask Meta questions. Divert them to him on, on um, you know, things you're thinking about, worrying or, or need pointers on. Um, we're, you know, only six people now. We just moved to a larger office and we're constantly looking for new people. Uh, we want to hire new brokers, uh, teach them, or Meta will be teaching them. I'll be learning with you. Um, and just grow the team in, in a much more, uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one training kind of, kind of way. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks. Adios.